0: With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Metziel Davches, page 8. We begin seven lines in. Amar, Rabbi Mahama, Rabbi Bar-chama says, We can deduce from the Mishnah, from the fact that the Mishnah says that if you have two people picking up a garment at the same time, that they both are able to acquire together, and therefore we split it up. We can deduce from that if someone picks up something for someone else, Kana So the other person has actually acquired it. Meaning, if let's say I'm only exclusively picking it up for someone else, I find an object which is lost, it has no signs on it, I'm going to pick it up, because I want to give my friend a present, I found this thing, so it goes into his possession, it's as if he actually acquired it himself because if that wouldn't be true so then in the case of the Mishnah, when the two people are picking it up together, neither one should acquire it because if theoretically each one is doing it only for themselves, he's trying to pick up the entire thing only for himself, so each one's attempt should cancel out the other person's attempt, and neither of them should have the ability to acquire it So what's actually happening, though? We're saying that both of them are indeed acquiring it. It must be a proof that each one is also picking it up at the same time, not just for himself, because if he only did it for himself, he wouldn't get it at all. Rather, he's doing it also for the other person. And therefore, that's how they're both able to acquire it, because each one is doing it also on behalf of the other person. So this proves that if you pick up something for someone else, it is able to enter into his possession. Amar Rava So Rava responds and says Really I'll tell you how. You cannot prove anything From that case To this case They're two totally different cases If you're only picking it up Not for yourself at all Only for someone else It could be that you don't acquire For the other person It hasn't entered into his possession But over here in the Mishnah The reason is Since I'm also trying to acquire for myself I can also acquire for someone else Meaning once I'm doing an act of acquisition And I'm doing it for myself. So along with active acquisition, I can also do that act for someone else as well. And I'll prove it to you We find that Let's say I say to you Or Reuven says to Shimon Go out and steal something for me And Shimon went and stole it for Reuven Brings it back to Reuven There is no obligation on Reuven Even though it's considered That he's stolen it There's no obligation on Reuven The person who sent him To have to pay the double To pay that fine However Let's say of two people That are stealing at the same time They do have an obligation Since they're picking it up together And they're stealing it together So each one is helping the other person my time, what's the reason why is there an obligation when two people do it together since he's also trying to acquire for himself so he can also do it for someone else at the exact same time it's a good proof so we see that there's a distinction between when someone is doing it for himself as well as someone else as opposed to where someone is doing it not for himself at all but only for someone else so in a case where you're doing it only for someone else we see that it does not work so that's Rava's proof that there's a distinction between the cases and therefore there's no proof now that I've said this concept, that we say that since a person can acquire something for himself, he can acquire for someone else. Let's say you have two different people. One's a deaf mute and one's a regular person. So we have two different types of acquisitions that are possible here, because a deaf mute from the Torah does not have the ability to acquire something. However, the sages instituted that because of Darche Shalom, to keep the peace, so a person who's a deaf mute has the ability from the sages to acquire something. However, a regular person. So when he acquires something, he acquires it even from the Torah. So now, these two different people have two different levels of acquisition. Now, when they pick something up together, they picked up a lost object. So since the deaf mute has the ability to acquire, albeit from the sages, but since he can acquire, so he also acquires on behalf of the regular person. I just like to point out at this point that when you have two people who are picking up an object together. So basically what's happening is, let's say it's a talus, a garment. So you have two people picking it up together, if one would pick it up by himself, so only his side would be raised, and the other side would be on the floor, and thus he wouldn't be able to acquire it. So when two people are picking it up together, they're both helping each other out in order to be able to lift up the entire thing, thus they both acquire together at the same time, each one on behalf of himself, as well as on behalf of the other person, as we said. Now, when you have a piqueach, a regular person picking it up. So his side, he's picking it up fully. However, the Chairish, the deaf mute, so the side that he's picking up, so he can do it for himself from the sages. But we're going to see that he doesn't have the ability from the sages to be able to acquire for someone else. So the Gemara now asks, we understand how the deaf mute has the ability to acquire he's acquired. because the other person is also acquiring it he's picking it up on his behalf but the person is a regular person so he has a problem because when he picks it up so it's as if the other side is not being picked up for him at all so how is he acquiring it rather say like this in fact the deaf mute person he has acquired it but the regular person has not acquired it because he doesn't have anyone acquiring it on his behalf, since the deaf mute can only acquire it for himself. Uma migu. So what do we mean when we say there's a concept of a migu? That we say since something migu. Since if you had two deaf mute people who are picking up an object together, in such a case, so the sages instituted that they would indeed both be it, They would both acquire, even though each one can't really acquire for the other person. Nevertheless, the sages said that they both have indeed acquired it. Just like if one person picks it up for himself, he's a cherish. He's a deaf mute. The sages instituted that it works. So do both of them. If they pick it up together, it also works. So therefore, where a cheirish, a deaf mute, picks it up along with a pikeach a regular person, so even though the pikeach the regular person doesn't have the ability to acquire it, because no one else can acquire it for him, nevertheless, the cheirish, the deaf mute, it's no worse than if a deaf mute is picking it up with another deaf mute, and therefore the deaf mute has indeed acquired it. Now the Gemara says, "Hold on, Hi my, what is this? Even if we'll say that one person can acquire it on behalf of someone else without acquiring it himself, that's only if someone is doing it completely on behalf of his friend. Hi, but in this case, so the pikech, the regular person, is picking it up along with the deaf mute person. He's picking it up for himself. He's not getting it for himself. What you think he's gonna also?" give it to someone else? Meaning, if let's say you have two people who are picking it up together, so if I'm totally trying to get it for myself, so you're not going to get it, because if you're also trying to only get it for yourself, neither of us have the, have the ability to take it completely, so unless we team up, and we each try to get it for the other person at the same time, so neither of us will get it. So we will agree to give it to the other person as long as I also get a part. But since in this case the p'kech, the regular person, is not going to get any part in it, so he's also not going to pick it up on behalf of the deaf-mute. Amos, the Gemara says, rather say like this, since the regular person is not going to acquire it, so the deaf mute person also does not acquire it. And if you want to say to so them, why is it different than when you have two people who are deaf mutes picking it up together? Over there, they both do acquire it. Why is this worse? Over there, the sages instituted that there would be an acquisition that takes place so that they don't come to argue about it. But in this case, where you have a regular person trying to acquire it at the same time as a deaf mute, so the deaf mute will say to himself, He's not going to start up with the other guy. He'll say like this: "Pikach, like honey." The other guy didn't acquire it. Anok, Akni. I'm going to get it at the same time. It can't be. He wouldn't even feel any sense of self-righteousness. So therefore, that's why the sages didn't institute that there's a, an acquisition that would take place on behalf of the Khairish of the deaf mute. Rav the son of Rav asks the following question to Rav Acha. so he made a deal, he made an inference from the Mishnah and he said we we'll see from the Mishnah that when two people are picking it up together, so each one is doing it on behalf of the other person. So therefore, in a case where I'm exclusively doing it for a different person, I can also acquire for that person, even though he's not doing any kind of active acquisition. So the question is like this, from which case in the Mishnah do we see this? If it's from the first case, where two people are holding on to a garment, hahsam. Awesome. In that case, hi kamar shali shelie. Vaano Kula. Each one is saying it's completely mine. I picked it up completely for myself. another one is saying it's completely mine. Agbahata Kula. I completely picked it up. So clearly they're not acquiring it, they're not trying to acquire it on behalf of the other person. Elame Tani, so it can't be that case, but rather it's from the following case. Each one is saying that it's completely his. Ha tu so what do we need this case for? We said the case already. Elamishni From the fact that we have an extra case we can deduce that in a case where they are indeed both picking it up for each other so they will acquire for each other and therefore in a case where he's doing it only for someone else it will also work so the Gemara says we established already the second case is not extra the first case of the mission is talking about a case where it was a lost object that they were picking up and the second case is talking about a case where they're both claiming that they had bought a certain object so that case is not extra each one we need it for itself so the Gemara says rather we learn enough from the last case in the case where we said that one of them is saying it's completely his and the other one is saying that it's only half is. What do we need this case for? It's not a khidish, it's not a novelty. From the fact that we have this extra case, we can deduce that if someone picks it up for someone else, he has the ability to acquire for his friend, even though that friend had not made any act of acquisition. Now, the Gemara says, hold on a second. Who says that that's comparable to what we're talking about? We're talking about a case of somebody trying to acquire an object for his friend, which he found, which was a lost object. So you can only prove that from the case in the mission if the mission is talking about a similar case, which is a lost object. Perhaps that case is discussing where they're arguing about something that was bought. If you'll say, if we're talking about a case of a sale, then what's the chiddush What's the novelty of that case? It's Shrekh. I'll tell you that we needed as follows. that de Chamina, that you would have thought to say as follows. This is that he's saying it should be half mine. Perhaps it's similar to somebody who's a aveda returning a lost object. Because when someone returns a lost object, so the Sage is instituted, that there's no requirement for him to swear. So perhaps here as well, it would be considered like he's returning a lost object because he's admitting to to part of it, and therefore you wouldn't have to swear. And it could be that's what's coming to teach you, the ha'yarumi Rumi because a person could be just doing a trick. Suffer, he says to himself, I am a if I say it's completely mine, but in then I'm gonna to have to swear. And then I'll say this way, the This way I'll be considered like a person who's returning an object vipater, and I won't have an obligation. So therefore, that's why we indeed do require him to swear. And that's the novelty of the case. Elame says, rather, we're going to learn it out from the following case. Let's say you have two people riding along on an animal. Ha, two What do we need this other case of two people riding along on an animal? Elame Mishnah, say, again, from the fact we have an extra Mishnah, an extra case in the Mishnah. That if one person is trying to acquire it for someone else, he has the ability to do so. Vidilma Sigmar says, hold on a second. Perhaps, this is what it's coming to teach you. That when you're riding on it, you also have the ability to acquire something it's a proper act of acquisition even though you're not even kicking it to make it move the fact that you're sitting on it when it's moving it's called that you've acquired it maybe that's what it's coming to teach us you can't prove it from that case rather we're going to learn now from the last case of the Mishnah it says there if let's say they agree or if they have witnesses to, uh, to prove each party's claim so they split it up without a swear what are we talking about if it's talking about a case of a sale is it necessary to say this case it's obvious there's no novelty it must be talking about a case where they both picked up a lost object together and this would prove to us that if you try to pick something up for someone else on someone else's behalf it indeed does work and Ravahu who says that if you try to pick something up for someone else it indeed does not work Has he going to explain the Mishnah? that the Mishnah is a different case because there you're picking it up for yourself and therefore you can also acquire it along with acquiring it for yourself you can acquire it for someone else and that's why specifically in the Mishnah it works however in a case where you're just picking it up for someone else Rav again holds that he would not be able to acquire it for someone else The Qumar continues. So We quote from the Mishnah. We said if we have two people that are riding on an animal, so we said they split it up. I'm Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, I'm Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda said to me, we turned to Chesimabets page 8b, I heard two things from Shmuel, in regards to the two different laws, in regards to someone trying to acquire something by by riding, and someone who's acquiring it by leading an animal. One of them has acquired it, and one of them has not. And I'm not sure which one is which, which one has acquired, which one has not. The Gman says, what's the case? If We're talking about a case of riding, and it's exclusively someone who's riding. Or a case of someone who's exclusively leading. It's obvious that if we're going to talk about one of them being the case where you do acquire it, it's obviously going to be the one who's pulling it. Everyone agrees that if you're leading an animal along, so you for sure have acquired it. So if you're going to have to figure out which one doesn't work, it's going to be the one who's riding, because since he's sitting on it without making it move, so clearly that's going to be the case. If we have two options, we have one to pick from them, where there's no acquisition that's taking place, since he's not making a move. So that can't be what his question was. Clearly the question was: if you have two people, one of them is pulling it, and one of them is riding on it, which one is better? What's going to be the Adif Perhaps the person who's riding on it. Is stronger. The because he is actually holding on to the animal, so to speak. I do Perhaps the person who is leading the animal is better. The because the animal is moving because of him. That's a stronger show of acquisition. am So Rav says I'm leader of Yehuda. Rav Yehuda told me. Let's see. We learned in the Mishnah. In regards to the concept of kalim, so you can't take two animals, let's say an ox and a donkey, that's what Rashi says the case is, and you can't put them in the same yoke and have them pull something. So if let's say somebody's leading these two animals, an ox and a donkey that are in the same yoke, so it's considered that he's done a significant act and therefore he gets 39 lashes. La And similarly, if let's say someone is sitting in a wagon that they're pulling, so he also gets 39 lashes, he's done a considerable act. Rabbi Meir Paiter says Rabbi Meir says there's no obligation on someone who's sitting inside of the wagon because as Rashi explains, it's not considered that he's done a considerable act according to the mayor so now from the fact that we find that Shmuel he switches around the Shitas. he says that actually it's the sages who said that there's no obligation it's not considered that he's done a considerable act in regards to the person who's sitting in the wagon we can deduce from Shmuel's statement so why would Shmuel switch it around because he wants the sages who are the majority opinion and we always follow the majority we want the sages to be saying that there's no obligation it's not a considerable act so clearly Shmuel holds that way we can deduce from this that just like if someone's sitting in a wagon it's not a considerable act so too someone who's riding on an animal since he's not making the animal move it's also not going to be a considerable act in order to acquire it and certainly in the case where he's riding at the same time as someone else is pulling it that the riding that he's doing is not a significant act and therefore only the person who's pulling it has acquired it so says to Yosef as follows Many times you said over this type of idea of and let's see. So just now you said over this whole concept in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. But usually whenever you say, let's see, you don't say it over in the name of Rev Yehuda. So Rev Yehuda responded and said, if it's true, now you've reminded me also that, that I said to him, when he said over this idea, I said to him as false. How can you prove anything in regards to somebody who's riding on an animal? From a case where somebody who's riding in a wagon. So a person who's sitting in a wagon, lay time is my series. He's not holding on to the reins. But a person who's riding, so he is holding on to the reins. So maybe a person who's riding, it's a much more significant act because he's holding on to the reins. He's showing an act of acquisition as opposed to a person who's just sitting in a wagon. He's not doing any act of acquisition. So Rav says that Rav Yehuda Responded to this question and said as follows That both Rav and Shmuel say That someone who's holding on to the reins of an animal That's not an act of acquisition And therefore there's no significant difference between someone who's sitting in a wagon And someone who's sitting on the animal There was an alternate version of this conversation Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi says to Yosef, That Abai was the one who actually asked the question to Rav Yasef Not that Rav asked the question to Rav Yehuda And therefore he says to him How could you prove anything in regards to a case of someone who's running, I can prove it from someone who's sitting inside of a wagon. A person who's sitting in a wagon, so he's not holding on to the reins, but a person who's sitting on the animal is holding on to the reins. So maybe that's a better act of acquisition. This is what Edi had in the brayso. That in fact, if someone's holding on to the reins, that's not a proper act of acquisition, as we said. We actually have an Amaritic statement that's similar to this. in regards to taking the reins of something, so there is a place where you can acquire it via taking the reins, and that's if it's being passed from one person to another. However, in regards to taking it out of an ownerless state, for example, you find a lost object, or you're taking it because there was a ger, a convert who had passed away, there's no one to inherit him, and you're taking it out of ownerlessness. so there, like there it's not going to acquire it for you. My Why is it referred to as a mosera, the reins? So Rabbi explains, Because it has to be something that you usually give over to someone else. So then, since the reins are something that have to do with giving it over, so if you're getting it from one person to another, so then there's an acquisition that can take place through these things. Because his friend is giving it to him. But in regards to something that's being found, or an object that belonged to a convert... Who had no inheritors? the likni. So who's giving it over to him that you should be able to become it, to be able to acquire it? So thus, Monsieur, the concept of giving over the reins only applies where there's someone who can give over the reins. But if it's being taken out of an ownerless state, so then it doesn't apply to be able to take the reins in order to acquire an object the Gemara now is going to challenge our assumption our assumption was that there's no difference between a person who's sitting on the back of an animal as opposed to somebody who's sitting inside of a wagon because even though a person who's sitting on the back of the animal is holding onto the reins nevertheless, holding onto the reins is not a significant act of acquisition, so Gemara says is that really true, we have our Mishnah, we said if you have two people that are sitting on the back of an animal etc, so we said that that is considered an act of acquisition, money, so who does that work out Rebbe Meir, so if it's Rebbe Meir, kani, so once you've already said that if someone is sitting inside of a wagon that a person can acquire it that way or it's considered a considerable act of acquisition so certainly if someone is sitting on the back of an animal there's no chiddush there's no novelty here so clearly it's the sages and we can deduce that despite the fact that the sages hold that in regards to sitting inside of a wagon you're not going to acquire it but in regards to riding an animal you will acquire it so that would disprove what we said no, what are we speaking about over here? that when the person is sitting on it so he's actually kicking the animal Animal to make it move forward and that's why he requires it so, if that's the case then it's exactly the same as the case of someone who's actually pulling it who's leading the animal so my answer is you have two different types of leading and we need to say both of them because you would have thought that perhaps someone who's actually sitting on it and kicking it it's a greater thing because he's not only is he leading the animal he's also holding on to the animal at the same time so, what it's coming to teach us is there's no difference between someone who's moving the animal by sitting on the animal or someone who's leading the animal and pulling it, it's the same level of kenyan, it's the same level of acquisition.